February 26th, Mark chapter 8, verses 11 through 38. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived, they came to argue with him. Testing him to see if he was from God, they demanded, Give us a miraculous sign from heaven to prove yourself. When he heard this, he sighed deeply and said, Why do you people keep demanding a miraculous sign? I assure you, I will not give this generation any such sign. So he got back into the boat and left them, and he crossed to the other side of the lake. But the disciples discovered they had forgotten to bring any food, so there was only one loaf of bread with them in the boat. As they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them, Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. They decided he was saying this because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he said, Why are you so worried about having no food? Won't you ever learn or understand? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? What about the five thousand men I fed with five loaves of bread? How many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? Twelve, they said. And when I fed the four thousand with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. Don't you understand even yet? he asked them. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch and heal the man. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then, spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said. I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands over the man's eyes again. As the man stared intently, his sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him home, saying, Don't go back into the village on your way home. Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, Who do people say I am? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say, You are one of the other prophets. Then Jesus asked, Who do you say I am? Peter replied, You are the Messiah. But Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Then Jesus began to tell them that he, the Son of Man, would suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the leaders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, and three days later he would rise again. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and told him he shouldn't say things like that. Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, and then said to Peter very sternly, Get away from me, Satan. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then he called his disciples and the crowds to come over and listen. If any of you wants to be my follower, he told them, you must put aside your selfish ambition, 
shoulder your cross, and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, and for the sake of the good news, you will find true life. And how do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul in the process? Is anything worth more than your soul? If a person is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, I, the Son of Man, will be ashamed of that person when I return in the glory of my Father with the holy angels. Psalm 42, verses 1 through 11. We'll see that the refrain, Why are you cast down, O my soul? ties these two psalms together. Why was the writer so depressed? Over one thing, God seemed far from him in his hour of need. He felt like a thirsty deer in the desert, searching for water. But the truth is, the Lord is never far away. He is near even when you don't recognize him. The writer's depression was aggravated because he looked back at the so-called good old days. We can have very uh, selective and even faulty memories when it comes to what we perceive as the good old days. Be careful with that. He longed to return to Jerusalem and minister in the temple, the writer of the psalmer. Sometimes retirement or a change of residence will make people depressed. The older we get, the less we enjoy change. Psalm 42, verses 1 through 11. For the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. As the deer pants for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and stand before Him? Day and night, I have only tears for food. While my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking, as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshippers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks. It was the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember your kindness. From Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mizar, I hear the tumult of the raging seas, as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. Through each day, the Lord pours His unfailing love upon me, and through each night, I sing his songs, praying to God, who gives me life. O God, my rock, I cry, why have you forsaken me? Why must I wander in darkness, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts pierce me like a fatal wound. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17 People who accept correction 
are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore it will lead others astray. A radical willingness to risk, sacrifice, suffer is the only authentic ministry. Because Jesus said that you, if you're serious about him, will suffer, not may suffer, will suffer. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If they called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? It's a given. A servant is not above his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Did they persecute him? You will be persecuted. They will lay their hands on you, persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and governors for my sake. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends. And some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake. Not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance you will gain your lives. Romans. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? And he answers, no. But is the no, will these things separate us from the love of Christ? Because the sovereign Christ doesn't let them happen to us. King, king's kids. Or is the reason they don't separate us from the love of Christ because he ordains that they happen to us and then keeps us in them, with him. And the answer is given, as you know, in the next verse. As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. You're not being exposed to the possibility. This is a fact, and it's a fact today, somewhere in the world, now, somebody's perishing for their faith. And it has always been so. We are being killed all day long. We are counted like sheep to be slaughtered. No! In all these things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. If we are left without divine discipline, we are illegitimate children and not sons. Suffering for the followers of Christ is a sign that God is their father. Norman Anderson, Sir Norman Anderson, supported the International Fellowship of Evangelical Students for 60 years. He was a professor at the University of London, head of the Advanced Legal Institute, and he got old. 
all three of his children died as young adults. His wife at the end was so demented that she didn't recognize him anymore. And he did one last interview and he was asked this question. When you look back over your life and reflect on the fact that you have lost all your three children and how your wife of 60 years no longer recognizes you, do you ever ask the question, why me? He answered, no. I've never asked that question. Why me? But I have asked the question, why not me? I'm not promised as a Christian that I will escape the problems encountered by others. We all live in a fallen world. I am, however, promised that in the midst of difficulties, God through Christ will be present with me and will give his grace to help me cope with difficulties and bear witness to him.